swing and a line drive left field. Benintendi coming on, dives, and did he make the catch? He did! He got it! Here we go. It's time to party. Right here. 3-2. High drive! And crushed it! It's a grand slam! Swing and a miss, thankfully it's over! The Red Sox have won the world championship! Welcome to Benny and the Bets Podcast. Can you believe it? Here's your host, Terry Cushman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bets podcast. Tonight, covering a little bit of MLB wide hot stove, the Mets and Indians have basically completed a blockbuster trade. Francisco Lindor, Carlos Carrasco going from Cleveland to New York. And uh, in exchange for uh, a couple of uh, MLB rookies and uh, prospects with me tonight to break this down and what it means for both teams, Charlie Smith. Charlie, how are you? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, been less than 24 hours since (laughs) I got to see that mug of yours. Fast turnaround. Yeah, I didn't think we would uh, come on today. I mean, I would have guessed there would have been more of a chance for, you know, a Springer or maybe a LeMahieu signing today versus, you know, a blockbuster trade. And uh, but that is how it went down. So are the Yankees even the best team in New York anymore or have the Mets, you know, risen to that pinnacle? You know, it's a it's a really good question, but I think at this point it's a uh, it's a clown question, as Bryce Harper would say <laughs> years ago. Uh, I think that uh, at this point you can only really get, you can really only look at one team as the better team in New York, and that's the Mets right now. After after this latest move, uh, it's kind of making it's kind of hard to make an argument the other way around. You know, like I just one team's getting older, the other team is just really young. They're really good, and yeah, they're spending a lot of money. The New York teams are the second and the third highest as far as payroll goes. But I think um, you have to give the edge to the Mets. Absolutely. And last year, the Mets were quietly one of the better offenses in Major League Baseball. They didn't uh, get into the playoffs, but here's how they stood in some of those categories. First in batting average, second in on-base percentage, uh, third in hits, fifth in doubles, and then ninth in the league in home runs. So they were pretty stout in some of those categories. And now you're getting a guy like Francisco Lindor, who uh, had three straight 30-plus home run seasons coming into 2020. And probably the best position player in New York, depending on how things shake out with Alonzo. But I think you got to give it to Lindor. At this point, better than Judge, better than Stanton, anyone the Yankees are going to, um, you know, trot out there. So huge move today. Oh, my God. Absolutely insane. Um, I mean, and, and that's the other thing, too, is it's it's kind of hard to to make an argument against having Lindor on your team as like a bad move. I mean, this is a guy like you just mentioned has hit 30 plus home runs in three straight seasons. I think he hit 
Um, you know, kind of a little bit off on the batting average this year, but was still a threat on the base pass. Um, is going to play almost every game if he has the opportunity to. And um, great in the clubhouse. You know, this guy's going to win. Uh, he's going to help you win awards. And ultimately, I think this is this is why you bring a guy like Francisco there because it's been 34 years since you've won a World Series title against this little small team in Boston. But we're not going to talk about the A6 World Series or anything tonight, right? I hope not. <laughs> you know what? I, I rooted for the Royals in 2015 because they were cute, you know? The, the Royals were in the <laughs> World Series. And right, uh, right. I wasn't a big Matt Harvey guy, but aside from that, I you know, I didn't find the Mets to be that hateable. And I was only three in 1986, so... Um, I can't really hold the World Series against them. You know, I didn't, you know, I wasn't right. old enough to comprehend the horror that the rest of my family was. So it was I, legendary. I, I don't have, I don't really have a ton of ill will. And if they're going to be a thorn in the side of the Yankees, you know, I'm all for that. Uh, sure. So this trade today was a lot like the Mookie Betts trade last year. The Dodgers got him with one year remaining on his rookie deal. He was arbitration three and a lot of pressure on the Dodgers to get that deal done. And Mookie was steadfast. He was going to free agency, but the pandemic came in and, and there was uncertainty and you got the CBA coming up and, and, you know, so they, the Dodgers and Mookie decided to get a deal done. How much pressure is on the Mets to do the same thing with Lindor? Oh, it's it's immense. I mean, this this is uh, you don't bring someone like Francisco Lindor onto your team for for one year, regardless of the package that you give away. And truth be told, I mean, I don't think the package was that sweet. Like, I don't think you gave up as much as you probably could have to get somebody like Francisco Lindor. I mean, that's that's the type of package you're getting for someone who may not stay. So um, I don't know why Lindor wouldn't. But your top priority right now must be to lock down Lindor. You've already got Cookie for this year, next year, buyout in 2023. Um, but you need to lock down Lindor. If you don't do it, this is an absolute failure on ownership for the Mets. This is the best chance you're going to have of winning a World Series this year, maybe next. Uh, this move right here is what locked up the Dodgers not locking it up. Truth. And the Mets are never going to have more leverage than they do right now with the uncertainty. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Of course. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. Uh, they get it done. And they, they've got a new owner now, who uh, Steve Cohen, who has been quite the presence on uh, social media the last couple of months. And right. a lot of money. He is the richest owner in, in Major League Baseball. Um. Yep. So, you know, if he wants to win bad enough, I, I think they mutually will come to a deal. I'm guessing Lindor probably won't quite eclipse Mookie Betts' $365 million deal. He'll probably end right. up somewhere, you know, maybe just a little south of that. I think the number is going to start with a three. Bryce Harper got a $325 million deal, so it'll be uh, right in, in that neighborhood, I would think. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting because a uh, you know an 11-year $330 million deal wouldn't be too far off because then you'd be having uh, Lindor for 
all right, you got got him for 11 years till he's 37. That's more believable because I don't think you're going to sign him to a 12 year 360. Um, I do think he's going to be making 10, uh, 30 million a year. Like he's going to be one of the highest paid players in baseball. They're going to make him a, a face, the, the face of that team in New York, uh, alongside your, your all-star team already built up with a fantastic starting rotation. And you've got the polar bear who possibly has the coolest nickname outside of cookie. And now they're on the same team. Uh, Pete Alonso, you were talking about, you were kind of, uh, knocking up some stats right there earlier. And that was with Pete Alonso kind of having like a down year. Like if he had had an, like an on year, you're looking at top two, top three across the board and everything. I mean, he was that locked on, um, uh, just a year ago. So, um, if he can bring that back, you bring on Lindor. Oh dude, the Mets are going to be, that's, that's like the Barcelona of, of baseball right there. That team looks nasty for those soccer fans out there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, that pairing is just such, you know, a great pairing. I'm assuming Lindor is probably going to lead off, so they probably won't be back-to-back in the order. But but right. to have those two guys as the faces of your franchise, you know, you look at the drama some of these other teams have had. I mean, you know, Bryce Harper's a popular player. I'm not a fan, but admittedly he is popular, but he'll go out there and he'll just start spewing because he got ejected or there was right. a bad call. And I just wouldn't want to see that. And and Mets fans aren't going to be getting that type of uh, antics from, from these guys. So, so good for them uh, for getting that done. Now, I just went through some of the the offensive stats last year, um, you know, which which are pretty good. I mean, they got a pretty well balanced team, and uh, we'll get to Carrasco in a second. But um, the bullpen isn't too bad. That's that's been a you know a you know a a weakness, I guess for lack of a better term, for the Mets. But they did sign Trevor May, who admittedly I was kind of hoping the Red Sox would be in on. Uh, they got Juris yep. Familia, who you know has pitched there for a while, spent a year or so in uh, um, Oakland. And they have Dellen Batances. So they've got three very formidable late-inning guys. Uh, you know, And if that bullpen is firing on all cylinders, the lineup – Obviously, looks better with Lindor in it, and like I said, they they have Carlos Carrasco now, who is a bona fide number two, I would say, and, and has quietly been outside of 2019, which was the worst year of his career. That was also, I think, the leukemia year as well. Um, right, but outside of 2019 you know, definitely a solid top of the rotation guy would might even be an ace on some smaller market teams, but Jake DeGrom doesn't have to carry, you know, the weight of the rotation uh, that much anymore. Yeah. And 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 that's the other thing too, is you you look at DeGrom, you have cookie Carrasco on there too. You know, Carlos Carrasco is a a stellar person. Um, I've never heard anyone say anything bad about him. No one was wishing him ill will. They, they couldn't wait to get him back out there. And I remember I was super excited to see him back out there just because, I mean, he was fun to watch. He was ne- 
never, I, I have nothing but nice things to say about the people that don't get ejected, don't cause fights, are good in the clubhouse. The fans love you. Your team loves you. If the other team also loves you, you're obviously doing something right, you know? <laughs> and this is a team that has Jake DeGrom, Noah Syndergaard, Cookie Carrasco is there. If Steven Matz can figure it out, awesome. Corey Oswald, if he can figure it out, we'll see what happens with him. He's a kid. And then if Marcus Stroman decides to all of a sudden become a ball player, you could have one of the best rotations, if not the best rotation. Now, the only question that's lingering, now that Cookie's over there, not really that much of a need to get Trevor Bauer. I mean, you get Bauer on there, then your team becomes too OP. I, I, I don't see Bauer going to New York now. I don't. I honestly, I'm not sure where he's going to end up. It's an interesting situation. Well, I agree that it's it's a lot less likely. But look at it from this angle: they only have three years left of Jake Degrom's deal, so we're not talking. It, it wouldn't be a super long window of a painfully high payroll. And right. Brad made up a good point uh, privately earlier. Bringing in two of his ex-teammates, Lindor and Carrasco, maybe, maybe that's to uh, help. Yeah, see, that's see? interesting. Yeah, but the question is, did they get along? I would think we don't know. I would think I, I would imagine so. They but, they might have rolled their eyes a lot, you know, with with Bauer around. But I haven't really seen Bauer being a bad teammate. I, I know he didn't get along with Cole on his college team, but as far as the major right. leagues, now again, I I still think it's a long shot because they might have to win a bidding war with the Angels, and if it gets insane, you know, then right. then they would yeah. be out. But but there are some dynamics in there that you know you could at least make a, a slight case for Bauer, and if that happens, sure. oh my goodness! But just as the team's currently constituted, like, are they a division threat? Because I'm still thinking Atlanta is the team to beat. The Nationals, when they decide not to be a dumpster fire, is always a very talented roster that that could win a division. And even though the Marlins aren't there yet, they're only going to get better. Right. Um, so so you, you bring up some really good points. Um, Marlins are getting better. The Nationals are getting old. You have Strasburg, who's got injury problems. You have Max Scherzer, who's getting old. And I still love Max Scherzer. He's probably, I'm torn to say this, but I don't know if I love Chris Sale or Max Scherzer more. That's how much I love Max Scherzer. That's how much I was so upset that the Red Sox didn't get him when they decided that getting Pablo Sandoval and Hanley Ramirez was a smarter move. And nothing against Hanley because he still did part of his job, and I can't hate him for that. But Pablo Sandoval was one of the biggest busts I've ever seen uh, in my lifetime as a Red Sox fan. Um, Their team's getting older. Bryce isn't there. You have Victor Robles and you have Juan Soto. I— I don't know if you end up watching his like pimping at bats where he's like pimping every pitch. He like grabs his jock trying to like try to intimidate the pitcher. I find that to be super frustrating. I hope he catches one on the shoulder and then he stops that BS. Um, I think that the Mets are a better team than the Braves now. Really? The reason for that being is who would you say is the one in Atlanta? Well, starting rotation. It it will will be Soroka, but he won't be back until midsummer. It's kind of like a Chris Sale situation, um, right? Yeah. So, so Soroka's, <sighs> Soroka's your one. That that's Jacob Degrom, 
Now you have Cookie Carrasco. Who's Atlantis two? Probably Morton at this point. Morton would be there exactly. Yeah. Morton's your two. Marcus Stroman is three, or Noah Syndergaard as your three. Who do you have in Atlanta? Probably next, I would put Max Freed in there. Decent, healthy, true, and he's not as good as Syndergaard is. You know, if Syndergaard's healthy, serviceable. I mean, I'd love to have a Max Freed type guy. Uh, and then who? There's one more. Is it Peter? No, Peterson's the Blue Jays kid. Ian Anderson, uh, you know, is a number four. So, right. you know, pitch very well in the postseason. So that's still a, a pretty good, pretty good rotation, though. Um, you know, they could very well be slugging it out. I, I feel like the Nationals are going to have issues and they've had issues behind the scenes. Not so much since Harper left, but Strasburg's a mess, like you said. I'm willing to just say at face value, Scherzer's a stud until proven otherwise. Um, you know, so he's their ace. They've got the kid from Arizona from a couple years ago. Patrick Corbin has pitched okay for them. So it, it's it's a talented division. The only team I don't like right now is the Phillies, who are about to go into full... Dombrowski, yeah, they just they don't realize how painful that's going to be. Um, they do right. have Wheeler and Nola, but I just don't trust that roster. Uh, their bullpen, obviously, is what sank them last year. Leaves a lot to be desired, and we haven't really seen them. I mean, there's right. been enough relievers on the market this year for them to be active, and you're just not really seeing it. Uh, so, yeah. So you, mentioned, you mentioned Max Fried earlier. I was trying to remember if he lost a game last year. I thought he lost one. He actually didn't lose a game last year. Oh, wow. Over the last few years, he's 24-6. and six. He had a 2.25 ERA. He did play in 11 games. For some odd reason, I'm, I must be thinking of somebody else. I thought that Freed went down with an injury. I thought he hurt himself, like a shoulder injury or a groin injury. And I thought he missed time last year. So maybe I'm confusing him with someone else. I don't, I don't know if he did or not. Actually, you know what? You could be right. No, he made 11 starts, though. He did make 11. I think that's all. He okay. maybe missed one. But I thought there was somebody else that there, – there, there was another Braves pitcher that was out. Um, he, he ended up tearing something. He was out for the season. Who was it? Was It, it was Soroka that was out. That's who I was thinking in my mind. I can do okay. Soroka with uh, – well, yeah, That's he, my fault. And he had an Achilles injury, which is one of the worst you right. can have. So. Yeah, he's. I think he's throwing now, but he's still not on track until you know to come back till probably uh, July or so. Um, But and and he's a stud, so um, it just. Oh my god! It depends on you know. I mean, if they have the lead by the time he comes back, I I mean, I, I think the Mets are probably looking at more of a wild card, but with the expanded playoffs, obviously that's not, um, you know, that's not a big deal. I don't even know if there's going to be any buys this year. There wasn't last year. Um, Yeah. So Carrasco, you know, we've gone through some of his stats. Like I said, 540 ERA in, in 2019, worst year of his career. But again, he was sick that year. Um, You know, 291, in 2020 and then yep. four years in a row 
He had a sub four ERA comfortably in the threes. And another impressive stat that I love looking at, I'm, I'm not a big advanced, you know, stats guy, but um, four straight years of a strikeout per nine above 10. So can definitely, you know, pile up the strikeout. So my only concern about him aside from health is, he did compile those numbers in one of the weakest divisions in baseball, the American League Central. You know, the Indians basically had free reign, you know, for a few years. Now he's coming into a powerhouse division. You know, the the Braves have bats. The, the Phillies have bats. Um, and, and so do the Nationals. So, you know, if, if we're looking at the all-star break and, you know, putting up basically numbers on par, I say that's, you know, that's going to be a good sign for him. Um, right. But other than that, I mean, I think you just have to go at face value. Right. So here's uh, a I mean, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Uh, what I, you know, you were talking about the fact that, um, you know, he had that, that K9 stat, and that's that's also pretty impressive. It, uh, you go back six years, he, he only missed the 10.0 one time, and that was back in uh, 2016. He was an 18 game winner in 2017 with a 3.29 ERA. He's cracked 200 innings once in his life, has hit 180 three times in his career, has cracked 200 strikeouts or more three times in his career. The guy eats innings. He pitches well. Yes, you mentioned that it was a unique division. That'll be interesting. Now he gets every ninth batter being an easy out. You know, that's going to help his numbers with him getting a little bit older. Um, I anticipate his ERA will probably climb a little bit. Um, You know, since last year was a a limited sample size, I think it probably would have gone back to the low threes as it had been Um, from 2015 through 2018, the highest ERA he had was 3.63. He had 3.32, 3.29, 3.38. Incredibly consistent. So um, you're you're getting someone who's going to be consistent on your team. It's not going to be one good year, one bad year, one good year, one bad year. 2017, 2018, he won 35 games. That's stupid. That's dumb. You know, he won 10 plus games four straight seasons, and then we had the the uh, the medical year in 2019 for him, and then of course the abbreviated season last year. So. I, the Mets made out like bandits in this deal. Absolute bandits. Power to them. Absolutely. So who had the better day? You know, you had the Mets today getting Lindor and Carrasco. And then last right. week you had the Padres getting Blake Snell, Yu Darvish, and Hayson Kim, that power hitting Korean second baseman. <sighs> So it's this tough. is tough. Yeah. I so Blake Snell is still a relatively new pitcher. He's had one great year. 2019 didn't have as as well of a uh, a season. Didn't spend as much time in, in the game. His ERA rose almost 3 points. Last year was an abbreviated season. We saw the ERA come back down, but nothing like that historic 2018 season. Um the 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 newcomer coming from overseas, we have no idea how he's doing the in in Major League Baseball. There's always a transition, you know. So there are some people that feel that um, international baseball being played in Japan 
or being played in Korea is like the AAA because the fields are different. The level of talent is different. So we really don't know. If you compare that to Lindor, the Mets won. Now, where the Mets maybe could arguably not have won is the fact that you're bringing in Blake Snell and you Darvish. That's brutal. Like, the Padres just got beefy. Um, the, the question, though, becomes, which you Darvish are you going to get? And what are we going to get from Blake Snell? Are we going to get Cy Young Blake Snell? Or are we going to get, like, oh, Marcus Stroman Blake uh, I say Stroman. Marcus Stroman Blake Snell. Like, what, what are we going to get from these guys? We know what Cookie can do. You know that Carrasco is going to be consistent. You put the ball in his hand, you're going to see 27 to 30 starts. You're going to see 10 to 13 wins minimum. And the fact that he has that offense is going to make a big difference. How do Blake Snell and uh, Mark, uh, Blake Snell and you Darvish do? They also have one of the most disgusting offenses there too. Um, I don't know if I can if I can feasibly say one way or the other because I think one one in one category, the other one in the other. So the Padres won out in pitching with the potential because we don't know what Blake Snell could do. Blake Snell is, I think, six years younger than Carrasco. And you, Darvish, I forget how old Darvish is. He'll be 35 this uh, year. So he's older than Carrasco by two years. So even if Darvish busts, if it's Snell against Carrasco, I still think I go with Snell over Carrasco just based on age. So pitching-wise, Padres did better. Hitting-wise, Mets did better. Overall, I think... I think part of me wants to give the slight edge to the Padres just based on big picture, based on um, what Snell could do, what this young man um, now even playing in the major leagues can do. Um, But my heart says go with the Mets over the Padres (laughs) only because it's not the Yankees in New York. So it's so hard because Lindor is always going to be good. Is he going to be a 30-100 guy? Is he going to hit 330-30-100? Maybe. If he does that, I, I think you have to give the edge, you know, probably to the Mets. Because I want to see the Padres get to the show, and they haven't done it yet. They got bounced out really quickly. I don't think you can do that with the Mets. Not now. In the short term, you know, being one year, uh, I would be willing to say the Mets – probably you know had the better day um you know you got some some injury concerns with darvish he's getting up there a lot of mileage on that arm i know it's a recently rebuilt arm because he did have tommy john but still and the guy's a head case as well um blake snell had his Cy young year i'm sorry was an anomaly at this point i mean it was a great year but he hasn't come close to it he he probably does have the highest upside though of you know Darvish and Carrasco so there's that but i guess i kind of trust Carrasco more he's just had the better body of work over the Consistent. the bigger yeah over the bigger sample yep. size so i kind of i kind of like i think the mets are are looking good yeah. I, I think they could certainly be a playoff team, and, and at least maybe threaten a- Atlanta for that division win. 
you know, but organizationally, the Padres are still, you know, head and shoulders, you know, better than the Mets. They got the better farm. They're more sustainable. Oh, yeah. And um, so, you know, neither team had a bad day, but I'm willing to give the edge to the Mets in the short term. And, you know, if that bullpen of the Mets can be effective and, and keep those leads in the seventh, eighth and ninth innings, that's going to, you know, that that's the difference for them being a 78 win team or maybe a 90 win team, you know, is how good that bullpen can be. I'm going to recant part of my statement. I'm actually going to one up that I'll, I'll, I'll double down and say, I think Mets and, and you're right about the anomaly because he's really only done one year. He could be the next, you know, Josh Beckett, one good year, one crap year, one good, one good year, one crap year. And that's, that's not consistent. That doesn't make you good. That means you have good moments. That's it. Um, in four years, who has the better deal? Five years, who has the better deal? Well, five years from now, Lindor is still going to be one of the best players in baseball, in my opinion. Uh, what I expect to be one of the best players in baseball. Carrasco probably won't be in the game. He might be a reliever, maybe a closer, who knows, long reliever. Um, Snell may or may not be there anymore. Who knows? Maybe he gets flipped. Darvish is going to be gone. And who knows about the international guy? We, we still don't know if he's – I mean, power hitter, yeah. But maybe he busts. Maybe he turns into, like, he stopped Choi. Who knows? You know, like, we, we've seen players come in here, like Daisuke Matsuzaka, for example – ridiculous hype had a great first year decent i think second or third year where he went 18 and three and then bust just couldn't do it people figured it out there was no gyro pitch so we'll see we'll see what happens um we'll see what happens with with that move but if if snell does what he's kind of been doing i I think the mets end up winning this deal a a lot more and when you think about the the pieces that actually got moved the Mets won again because the Mets gave up little to nothing. Yeah. Like nothing. One of the guys hasn't even played anything. He got drafted. That's it. <laughs> I mean, compared to what the Red Sox got for, for bets, I mean, the, the Indians definitely didn't come close to that. So, um, no. yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, the, one last thing, and this, it's Mets related. It's not really trade related. I did a live stream on this, and you look at New York pitching this century over the last 20 years, and you would think there would be some legendary names to be brought up. And I got thinking about it because I was wondering to myself, where does Jake DeGrom stand and, you know, uh, amongst the two New York franchises of this century. And I think he's like top three or so. I mean, who do you have from the Yankees? You got Cole now. So I, I think I don't think you can anoint him just yet. It's you only can. been it's only been one year. Uh, but, you know, Sabathia was good for a few years and then kind of tailed off and then reinvented himself. Clemens was still a great pitcher when he arrived in New York, but probably past his prime, you know, and then I, I'm not too familiar with the Mets in the, in the, you know, in the early 2000s 
but I just think DeGrom has got to be top two or three. And it's right. just crazy how how forgotten he is because that franchise just never gets it done outside of that one World Series year. Well, you you think about the players that started in the early 2000s for both the Yankees and the Mets. You have the guys like Andy Pettit. You had Tom Glavin who left Atlanta to go to New York towards the end of his career. Uh, and they were good, but they were nowhere near the best. So um, you can make a case for DeGrom to be in the top three or maybe higher. Because when we look back at Sabathia, Sabathia actually spent, I believe, more time in New York than he did in Cleveland. And he did win 21 games, 19 games, twice in New York, 15, 14, twice in New York. He won 134 games as a Yankee. So I think it'd be hard to not make a case for Sabathia to be up there. Um, But for the Mets... Man, I, I don't know if I could think of anyone better than DeGrom in New York since 2000. That'd be really, really difficult. I mean, Johan Santana was good. True. But Johan Santana, you know, he was injured for a little bit. Yeah, um, he was better with the Twins, I think. But, yeah, I forgot about him those few years. Yeah. Santana had a 16, a 13, and 11 game uh he had 16, 13, and 11 as a member of the of the Mets. He only went 46 and 34. DeGrom in his career as as a member of the of the Mets has already won 70 games. And two Cy Youngs. Um, and, two, and back-to-back Cy Youngs. Right. So since 2000, I mean, it. this is only since 2014. So I think you can make a case that it goes Sabathia, DeGrom. That's Until fair enough. Wins a World title. Right. Would yeah. Or or maybe a third Cy be- Young could could get him over the hump too. But but yeah, yeah. Sabathia I think won one in New York. He did, I think in 2009. Yeah, and that was their World Series year. Um he came in fourth. Oh, that year he did. He came fourth third. Yeah, he he only won one Cy Young and that was in 2007 uh, uh, then. That was with Cleveland. 7 with the Indians. Yeah, because he edged edged out yeah. Josh Beckett yep, that so the year. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I just kind of hope for yep. for his sake, maybe they you know they they get it done. You know, hopefully not at our expense. You know, again, but um, but yeah, and it's just crazy how he just gets swept under the rug. Degrom does, and he's really been the the best pitcher in that city for for quite a while. So, um. So, yeah, so now he's got a little bit of help, and, you know, Syndergaard will be back in July. Hopefully Stroman, for their sake, finds it. I hate that guy. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I'm so, with you, man. So we'll, we'll see. But any uh, any final thoughts before we wrap? Um, you know, really briefly, I mean, you want you want to talk about a team that could have potentially gotten snowed. Uh I do I do want to make one more adjustment. Andy Pettit, yes, he did have his, his issues with steroids and whatnot. From 2000 on, uh, he won 68, 78, 83, 93, 103. He's won over 100 games. So it, it might go 
it might go Sabathia, Pettit, DeGrom, even though I'm still going to say DeGrom, too, only because of the double Cy Young. Pettit never won one. Um, we look at the deal that the Mets made with the Indians, and we talk about some of the other trades that ended up getting made. You know, you know, most recently, Mookie Betts going to L.A. still a year ago. But a year ago, he goes to L.A. We still don't know what's going to happen with the players that are coming back. We're getting Verdugo. We're getting uh, a couple of minor leaguers that still have no major league experience. The Indians just got four players. They got Ahmed Rosario. Ahmed Rosario had a great year in 2019 when the home run ball was flying. Kind of went back down to reality uh, in 2020. Andres Jimenez has played one year in the bigs. He's 22 years old. He's a shortstop. Isaiah Green is someone who has yet to do anything. He just got drafted last year. So literally, no one knows what they're getting. This is a complete shot in the dark. We don't know. And then the last one was Josh Wolf, who got drafted the year before, has played in five total games, and has done decent work for five games. So really, you gave up arguably... The best shortstop, maybe, in, in baseball. Who knows? Would you rather have Tatis or Lindor? It's maybe an argument, perhaps. And Cookie Carrasco for two players that are major league ready. One is okay, and one is still new. One who hasn't played yet, and one that's played five games. I really want... like. I, if you're an Indians fan right now, you're left scratching your head because we we really don't know. This could have been four, this could be four busts, and you just gave away one of the best players in baseball. So, I mean, there's always the risk of trading away rookies, but I felt like the haul that they should have gotten should have involved one of the one of the better one of the better players. You know, like the Indians already have a really good farm system, but the Mets could have coughed up something i thought they were going to give up something good they yeah didn't give up anything i'm guessing where lindor had just one year left the arbitration price tag i don't have the numbers up in front of me was probably high he's right. probably getting in the 20 millions for um this year mookie was right around 28 million uh you know for his final arbitration year so so with a high price tag for one year you're only getting him for a year um, you know, maybe the market for him just wasn't that good. And who really wants to give up a, a massive haul of prospects right now anyway? I mean, we're just... You maybe know. you're right. Maybe this is just the best they could get. Yeah. It sounds crazy, you know? Right. Um, And better to, better to get something than nothing. Right. You, you, you don't want to, you know, walk here to not get anything. That would have been tragic. Yeah. So maybe you're right. Yeah. That's, that's my final thought. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, hopefully we, we know this Sagano kid uh, out of Japan is going to be staying in Japan with the Yomiuri Giants. And four year uh, deal, I believe. Four year deal. Yeah, he did have some four year offers out here, but I guess they were close enough in money. He just decided to stay home, basically, and and right. not reroute his family. So. Um, so yeah, so hopefully that gets the pitching market moving. Um, yep. you know who I want. I know who you want. Um, and, uh, for anybody, you know, that hasn't heard last night's show, 
Um, we did six players, uh, each of us putting two players on that list. It was a very playfully combative show because there wasn't a lot of agreeing on certain players being on that list and why we wanted those players or why we didn't. But that episode, very entertaining. So check that out. That's episode 241 um, and uh, just only 24 hours old because this was a, a quick turnaround. But But, all right, so for the listening audience, we'll be back as soon as another development happens, which will hopefully be soon. We're about five weeks away from spring training, if we're lucky, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you when, when we make it back.